You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, the title of my message is The Word of Faith. Last week, we looked at who can stand. And it's going to be those who are willing to go through the fire, those who are willing to go through the threshing floor, those who are willing to be pruned, uh, those who are willing to uh, do whatever it takes to stand. Those who believe the word and receive it. And I'm telling you, we got here this morning, and man, when they started singing, raise a hallelujah. Man, the Holy Spirit began to work on me right off the bat. That... Worship is becoming a place where we are dragging our doubts, fears, worries, situations, and circumstance. We're bringing it to the battlefield regardless. And we're presenting ourselves before the King of glory to say you're worthy because you're the one that gives us the victory over all of this. And let me tell you, you keep dragging your situation, circumstance, issues, your feelings, your emotions, uh, whatever. You just keep dragging them to the altar because I'm telling you, they can't stay. In the day in which we live, it's going to get more and more to where there's going to be such a pull on worship because you're just not done yet. Because you still need to worship to make unbelief take a back seat. Because I'm telling you, we're living in a day where there is seducing spirits that are pulling people away. When 30 million people have left the church house in America since 2020, and it's probably over that now, 30 million people have left and Falling away. Well, here's my deal. I don't want to wait till I'm in a bad situation to have to stand on faith that I ain't got. And that's what we've seen in 2020. And so God has set us on a course to get this all corrected. Basically to kind of toughen us up as Christians. Because Christians have been way too weak. We've had a sheep mentality. And we've acted like sheep. And we've just caved and folded and we've let our country go astray. And it's time for us to figure out that we're living by faith. And in our current culture and society, we have got to define what it means to live by faith a little better for believers than to just say a prayer And make that the finish line and just sit down waiting to go to heaven. That mentality doesn't work. I'm just telling you, just because you said a prayer, just because you, that's not it. It's not a finish line, that's the starting line. And we're going to hammer that point and that thought the whole time we're a church here. And most of y'all have been here, and that we've been here 20 years, and that's what we hammer. Coming to Jesus is not the finish line. 
It's just the starting line. Because we're in a battle and we're in a fight. And it ain't just to sit here and wait to go in the sweet by and by. That would be nice to accept prayer and then just go. But heck, we still got living to do. And I need to learn and know how to live now. And the only way to live now is to live by faith because it says the righteous shall live by faith. And so we've got a lack of that. And so we need to get back to that program. Because see, there's something happens to believers living in prosperity. Prosperity is not a bad thing. Prosperity is a good thing. But as believers and walking by faith, we have to learn how to walk in that. Because here's the deal about prosperity. It's because we got Exxon. We got Chevron. We got Walmart. We got Whataburger. We got Geico. We got Progressive. Come on. We got Amazon. You can sit on your couch and shop from home and you don't have to believe. Come on. Miss Amazon. Come on, you can... You can shop for your soulmate online. Yeah, I'd probably take a different route, but if you did and you found her, it just leaves too much room for crazy. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? We, we, it, so living by faith is a little different for us, there's somebody in a third world country that's having to put a pot on their stove and believe God to fill it. Are y'all with me now? Because I'm telling you right now, me and Wendy been there. We've been there to where we watch God. We would make hamburger. Our boys won't eat hamburger helper anymore. But we'd make a thing a hamburger helper for six boys in a bunkhouse, all our kids, and we would have leftovers for the next day. Ray was even, Ray was one of them. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? I've been a half a mile from the house and the lawnmower run out of gas and I drove it a half a mile with no gas, got to the shop and them boys was standing, Justin back there, he goes, I remember, because I was in the back and that circle was and I said, no, in the Jesus name, you're going to run. And that sun gun went, I get to the shop and I pulled up and it, and I cracked the lid on it, and I, Justin was standing there in the shop, him and Stephen, and I said, y'all come look in here. I said, tell me what you see. Nothing. I said, that's right. It ran on Jesus a half a mile. Come on. No groceries. 
no groceries. Ain't got any money to go buy groceries. You got all them boys. And God sends somebody from I don't even know where, can't even remember their name, and they drive a half a mile down into the ranch and write us a check for groceries because God told them to come by. So as I preach this message, I'm not preaching you something that somebody else that I heard. See, living by faith has got to be something that is childlike. It's childlike. It's ridiculous to believe for Jesus to make your lawnmower run a half a mile because you just don't want to walk. That was my whole intent. But see, the whole while, in the face of adversity, God begins to show you, I am enough. I'm enough. Because God knew that one day, Dave and Wendy was going to need more than just groceries. More than just some gas. More than just, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Through the small victories, God's preparing us through his word and having faith in it to take us somewhere. Come on. See, that's coming to Jesus and making it a starting line and not a finish line. Heck, our government's even trying to tell us what to think and they'll take care of us. See, we don't have to hope and believe for a lot of things until we're in the thick of it. And I don't want to be in the thick of the worst situations in my life and have to draw on, come on. All those things are great. I love Dairy Queen. I love going to Walmart. There's people that say, oh, I was born 100 years too late. (laughs) On that... I want air air conditioning hydraulics, Joey. I like that stuff. Come on. I like being able to pull up to a pump and just, right? I don't have to get up and grind my coffee. Come on. See, we don't shop around for faith for the best deal that fits our lifestyle. That's not how this works. God set away. Faith in the word of God ain't convenient. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Faith in the word of God is not going to be convenient because we have to prove it. See, for so long, we just set back because we mixed faith, walking this life out in faith. We mixed that in and kind of got it jumbled with my salvation. Your salvation is a free gift from God. You don't have to do anything for it. Come on. 
It's free. But more faith and more faith, greater faith, bearing much fruit, more fruit, come on, you're going to prove it. The more anointing you want to walk in, come on. The more mashing you're going to go through. Why? Because the devil's not just going to sit back and let you just move in all those gifts that God put in you. He's going to try to talk you out of them. The devil don't want you walking through a grocery store starting a revival. Come on. The devil doesn't want your lawnmower running on no gas. He doesn't want you people show. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? He doesn't want the sick healed. He doesn't want demon-possessed people delivered. Come on, y'all hearing me? He doesn't want that, so he's going to try to talk you out of that. See, we're going to prove his word to be true in our lives as we're walking it out, as we're overcoming, as we're having to endure, as we're being faithful, as we're being steadfast in the face of many obstacles over our own flesh, over our own feelings, over our own emotions. Come on. We're going to be proving his word. Faith won't grow in fear, doubt, and unbelief. I'm just going to tell you, faith will not grow in fear, doubt, and unbelief. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. says, Therefore, let us fear, lest while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. See, there is a goal, and we can come short of it. And so once we receive and believe that Jesus is the Christ, we have to continue to walk and not fall short. Our righteousness, I, let me just throw this out there, it's filthy rags. And we don't want to fall short of anything that God has for us. Our goal every morning should be to wake up and go, God, what do you got for me today? What do you got for me today? And he says, while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us just as they also. Now, who is they? You always hear people say, oh, you know what they say. Well, who's they? Well, let me tell you who they is. They are the ones who God delivered out of Egypt who delivered out of the world, who were being oppressed, who were being weighed down. Come on. It was God's people. That's who they were. God's people were being oppressed. God's people weren't being who he had called them to be. Now let me say this. Being God's people... They were in Egypt, and they were worshiping all the pagan gods. They had gotten to a place where they had lost their compass of following God. 
They were serving other gods. They had all the Egyptian idols and they were doing everything that the Egyptians were doing. But they were being oppressed by them. And they began to cry out and God had to begin to move and bring them out and deliver them. They were the people that God was delivering. Come on. It's just like us. He delivers us out of the world so that we don't... Come on. And then we have to start letting that stuff fall off as we learn about who He is. Come on. And these had the good news preached to them. What was the good news to them? That He was taking them somewhere to enter into His rest to a promised land where they didn't have to keep being slaves. Come on. You don't have to be a slave to sin. You don't have to. Come on. Nobody's forcing us to make bad decisions that lead us away from God. Come on. They all had that same message preached to them. Just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For we who have believed enter that rest just as he had said, as I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Why were they not entering God's rest? Simply because they didn't believe what he said, that I'm going to give it to you. And they let all their feelings and emotions and fear dictate to them over what God had said. Instead of going, God, I'm having a tough time here, help my unbelief. Instead of humbling themselves and saying, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. We've seen that in the New Testament. Come on. See, we've got to figure this thing out that walking by faith is we're not all, we're going to see the giants. You're going to see the obstacles, the mountains. Listen, you're going to open your refrigerator and nothing's there. Come on. You're going to check your bank account and there's not going to be anything in it. Come on. And you're going to believe and believe until God gets you the job. Come on. And then you're going to take it. <laughs> well, I'm holding out for a higher position. No, you're, you're holding out to be broke. Put what God gives you in front of you and work that. Until, come, come on, y'all ain't. And you're going to keep working that until God makes a way. Come on, it's like I said. God don't mow pasture and he don't build fence. But he'll supply the post and the wire and the tractor and the mower. And come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? We got to get on it. Mm. 
the word prophet, it says it didn't profit them. What they heard didn't profit them because it was not united by faith. So we have to take the word that we hear. The word prophet is valuable. Return. See, there's a valuable return in the word of God. There's gain. Come on. To be in service or advantage. The word of God is a benefit to you. But you have to mix it with faith. See, that's why the prosperity message got so jacked up with those who in the slick back hair were laying hands on Cadillacs. That's not how that works. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? It says it wasn't united with faith. The word united means to combine, relating to, or produced by joint action. So when you hear the word, there is something in us that says, okay, now there's, I'm going to have to, there's going to be some action here. Because the enemy's going to come, he's going to try to take it from you. So the action is, I've got to stand on it, believe in God that if I be obedient and I do what it says, I'm going to benefit from it. I'm going to see it come to work and I'm going to see it come to pass. If he said it's mine, it's mine. And you stand on that regardless of what you see, what you hear, or how you feel at this moment. Because it's the moment you're in the midst of the battle when you have to do the most standing. That's why it says those who wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength. Come on. Those who are combining. Come on. Combining. A joint action. An effort. And I love this meaning here. To be in agreement with. When you come into the agreement with the word of God, something begins to happen. And it begins to stir on the inside of you that, hey, wait a minute, nothing's impossible. I read that in the Bible. The angel of the Lord showed up to Mary and said, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Why? Because God is outside time, space, and matter. He's not, come on, he was, he is, he is to come. He's on, he's from the beginning, he created the end before the beginning began. That's how big our God is. And you know, the creator that creates the end before the beginning began when Joshua needed a little more time to whip his enemy, God took his hand and stopped time. Oh, come. God stops time because he's outside time. He made time for us. Come on. And so God just said, wait a minute. I'm going to pause time 
Why? Because I can. Why? Because I made it. Why? Because I'm the one that commands the sun to come up and go down. I'm the one who created it, spoke it into being, so I can do whatever. That's the God we serve. And if you need more time, guess what? He ain't no respecter of person. Come on, are you that foolish to believe that God can? Because if you are, you just whipped your enemies. Come on. So see, we, we, we buy into these lies from the enemy all the time about coming in right alignment with God and the kingdom of God. And we start arguing with an enemy that's already whipped in saying, well, if I, if I get this right in my life, that's going to cause these... No, you get right, and then you let God begin to work all this other stuff out. Man, come on, somebody in here has got to hear me. Because we always, well, I can't, if, if, I, if I do that, it's going to put me in a bind here. If you do that, it's going to keep producing death in your life, and you ain't never going to get over it. But you got to get the king of glory to step into your time, into your mess, and say, whoa, I'm taking you to a place of rest. And I can fix what you can't fix. And I'll get you to places that you didn't build, that you didn't plant, you didn't. Come on, man. It's just we have to show up and praise. Bring a hallelujah. Well, pastor, all that died with the apostles. God don't change. Man changes. Man talks himself out of being who. Let me tell you, until you understand and see God, you'll never understand you. And that's why you got to know the word. That's why you can't walk in unbelief because this is him. In the beginning was the word and then come on. The Word was God. The Word was with God. In the beginning, God was the Word. He was the light. Amen. Come on. Nothing is impossible. It didn't profit them because they didn't agree with it. They agreed with what their eyes were telling them. Are y'all with me? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Take care, brethren, lest there should be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart in falling away from the living God. An evil, unbelieving heart. So what we see is that to walk this out, we have to first believe the word and then agree by faith. The word believe in the Greek here, it means to commit, to trust. Have a certain expectation. Come on. 
hope. See that God is able and willing to help and answer. See, that's where we get talked out of it all the time. Is that we don't think that God's able or willing to help us. God is able and willing to answer your prayers. He is willing and he is able to answer your prayers. Come on. Because we don't see and experience what we hear right away. Because we've got to set ourselves aside for God to move. That's being holy. Amen. Being holy is not walking around in a robe all soft going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh. That's not being holy. Being holy is grinding it out. Saying, God, I know your word's true. I know I don't see it working in my life right now, but I know your word's true because you said it was true. And I'm going to set myself aside to praise and worship you. I'm going to repent. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to allow you to prune. I'm going to allow you to cut things off. I'm going to allow you to, come on, I'm going to renew my thinking. I'm not going to be conformed to this world, but I'm going to be conformed and transformed by the renewing of my mind in your word. Come on, that's being holy. It's not being perfect. Everybody should have just went, ah, it sets you free. Come on. We're facing some enemies in this country. And we need to start living by faith now. See, we're the ones proving this word to be true. God already established it. And who are we proving it to? Ourselves. We've got to, we're going to prove it to ourselves. And why is that important? It's so important. Because if we can't prove it to ourselves, how are we going to prove it to a world that's dying and in need of it? Come on. See, when we choose to walk in unbelief, it's because we talked ourselves out of it. And having faith in what God says. Instead of believing and receiving it. 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 14, 14 he says remind them of these things. Solemnly charge them in the presence of God. Not to wrangle about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of hearers. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman does not need to be ashamed. Handling accurately the word of truth, but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. Paul is trying to tell Timothy from prison, hey, guard yourself, guard your heart, trust in God. He's telling him all through 1st and 2nd Timothy, he's telling him, be strong. Don't be ashamed. He's telling him, he's reminding him, if you've died with Christ, you'll live with him and you'll reign with him. Now you just hang on, you keep working this thing out. 
That's what he keeps telling him. He says, if you will endure. I love what he tells him later on. He says, if you're faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. God is going to be faithful regardless of where we're at in this. He says, warn them before God against pious nitpicking. Come on, we're, we're at a place in America, and that's why 30 million people have left mainstream denominations. That's why you've chose to drive down a muddy dirt road to a building that has no dead gum sign, <laughs> has no asphalt in the parking lot, yes. yet. <laughs> we're believing. That's right. We're believing. 30 million people leaving mainstream denominations because of the pious nitpicking. Come on, are y'all hearing me? And you bunch of ruffians that are a mess. Come on. Are here because you had enough because you want to fight you don't want to be sheep you're not ready to roll over and give it up Caleb was 80 years old when he entered God's rest and he said, I'm as strong today as I was when I started. Why? Because he mixed what he heard from God with faith. Because he mixed what he heard God say with faith. That if God said it, I believe it, no matter what my age is. He said, give me my mountain. Come on, God just needs somebody to stand up and say, give me my mountain. And the baddest of the bad lived on Caleb's mountain. And he didn't care. Why? Because he had already walked this thing out. He heard God. He mixed it with faith. And he said, you know what? God gave it to me. There's no bigger, badder people that can keep me from getting it. Come on. I'm telling you, we're still living in the greatest time of all times. And Paul is charging Timothy... He even tells him in chapter 3, 2 Timothy verse 7, he said, they're always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth because they're just sitting there nitpicking, holding to a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. Come on, man. When unbelief sets in, 
we give up a whole lot. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we're going to read real quick what we give up. And it's worth reading. We're going to do some reading here. Deuteronomy 28. And listen, here's what I want to tell you. I know we've got cell phones that's got the Bible on it. But let me tell you, if all that gets turned off, you need to have the Word of God in print. Just throwing that out there. Okay? Because let me tell you something. You know why they had book burnings? Because of this book. They want to burn and get rid of this book. Because this is the truth. And when they don't want you reading the word, they just going to shut your phone off. <laughs> That's a service announcement for the kingdom. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. And all these blessings, come on. God wants you blessed. God doesn't want you broke. Well, God's just allowing all this to happen because I was sorry. No, you were sorry. But God sent His Son to set us free. There's nothing we can do to earn it. Come on. It's just we have to recognize who the enemy is. The one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life and life abundantly. Amen. Oh, man. That never changes. The mandate of God never changes. In verse 2, he said, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you will obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be in the offspring of your body. And the produce of your ground. And the offspring of your beast. The increase of your herd. And the young of your flock. Blessed shall... Oh, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Come on, if your cupboards are bare and your icebox is bare, there it is. Set it before you. Lord, I thank you. You're going to feel this. I thank you that you're going to feel this. And start planting seeds. Come on. Pick up ticket, whatever. God will fill it, and you bless it. Come on. Blessed shall you. Here's the deal. He said, blessed shall you be when you go out and when you come in. So in other words, we got to get out. Get out of your house. <laughs> Lord, I've been praying that you save me. The flood's coming. Come on, y'all know the joke. God sends a truck. God sends a boat. God sends a helicopter. The guy dies and he's mad at God. God, why didn't you save me? He said, I did. Three times. I sent a 
truck, a boat, and a helicopter. <laughs> Blessed shall you be when you go out. Blessed shall you be. I, and look, he just keeps going on. Blessed shall you be in your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and shall they flee before you seven ways. Come on. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns, in all that you put your hand, look at that, all in that you put your hand to, he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. How many of y'all in here got a job just because you wouldn't shut up and quit bugging them? I have. I got a job one time, and the guy told me after he gave me the job, he said, you know why you got the job? He said, because you was wearing me out. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? <laughs> See, there's a scripture in the New Testament where the king said, I'm going to give you what you want lest you wear me out. When Jesus was telling about the woman being persistent, Come on. <laughs> yeah, but you look like a fool. Yep, that's right. But I got the job. That's right, Ray. I love it. The Lord will establish you. Looky here. I love this part. We don't have to establish ourselves. It says, he will establish you as a holy people to himself. As, as a holy people to himself as he swore to you. If you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his way. So all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Come on. He'll make you abound in it. This is God talking. Not some slick-haired preacher. God's saying, I will make you abound in prosperity. I will make you whole and at peace and at rest. Whatever it takes for you to be at rest, God says, I'll make you abound in it. Come on. You may not be abounding in it now. You may not be at rest and may not be able to sleep at night now because of all the stuff going on in your life. But God says, guess what? If you'll do what I say, you'll walk in my way, I'll make you abound in it. In my promises, my prosperity, and my rest, and my peace. Come on. And no matter what comes your way, you can just smile and worship. Come on. Because he's got you. Because he goes before you. Oh, man. Golly, it's all in his word. And it's so all the people of the earth shall see you. 
And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your beast, in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open, come on, the Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain in your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Let me just stop right there. That's why we're in a bind in America and beholden to China. Come on, this Bible is so relevant. You can't just read this and go, wow. But you look how far we got away from biblical world view. And you wonder why we're in debt by trillions? Because we walked away from the very principles of God. And unless we all take a stand and start living this out, come on, God can turn this around. If Moses could lead millions out, if Daniel could shut the mouths of lions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and get a whole nation turned and saying, you're God's God, what can we do just in this building? Come on. So you can't go, wow, man, I'm just overwhelmed with all the wickedness. No, that's why we're here. We're here to be thrown into the lion's den. We're here to say, oh, king, if it, even if you throw me in the fire. That's why I'm here, buddy. Why don't you come on in here with me? King says, hey, y'all come out of there. No, you come in. Are y'all with me? That's the God we serve. The God that's with us in the lion's den and in the fire. The one that parts the Red Sea. Why? Because he's stepping out. He's outside time, space, and matter. Come on. He parts the Red Sea. Jesus' own disciples said, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey what you say? He commands the winds and the waves. You know why God used the east wind to part the Red Sea? Because the world worshiped the God of the wind of the east. Come on. <laughs> God used their idol to destroy them. Oh, man. I'm telling you, there's no coincidence. They worshiped so many idols and one of them was the eastern wind or whatever it was. And God, why would, this ain't even in my notes. Why would Pharaoh be so emboldened to rush into something that looks so odd? 
Look, I'm just an old simple flank man off the back of the bucking chutes, but I'm telling you, at some point, I'm thinking, hold up. This ain't right. I mean, I'm looking at a wall of water on each side, and I just want to rush off headlong into that. They were beholden. They were like, man, our God has parted this sea. He's given them back to us. And man, they rush in there. <laughs> huh? However you want to do it, Peanut. Spake them on the hairy side, boys. We're going to get them. And God waited till they got in there. Come on, can you imagine watching them walls of water come on your enemies? See, them three Hebrew boys remembered walk through the water, I will be there. Walk through the fire. He will be there. Come on, man. They stood. They agreed with what the Word of God said. They agreed that if we walk through the water, He will be there. We will not be burned by fire. They agreed with what He said. Changed a whole nation. Come on. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if anybody had a right to be bitter and mad at God, it would be them. Because they were all castrated. I'd be a little mad. When they were taken out of Israel, the Babylonian king castrated them to put them in his service. And yet they still love God so much that they refused to be bitter and mad at God. Man, I hope I could. Are y'all hearing me? I hope I could. When situations and circumstances just aren't quite turning out like you thought. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Will you still have faith? Malachi chapter 3. Come on, we're going to touch on something here that has set us back years in the body of Christ. Because we've loud, pious, nitpicking, unfaithful, unbelieving, believers 
talk us out of. And when we made the sheep shepherding the shepherd in our churches, oh, that makes me uncomfortable when you talk about the tithe. Oh, man, did y'all feel the air leave the room? Oh, we can't talk about that, preacher. Why? Why would you tell a pastor that he can't talk about tithing? Only the devil would not want you tithing. And I don't apologize for saying that. And I won't back off of it because the Word of God is clear about it. Only the devil. Because why? Because soon as you quit tying yourself to the covenant of God, the windows of heaven shut. God said, I will open the storehouses of heaven. We just read it. He says, I will bless you. I will command a blessing. If you'll walk in my ways. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. God says it again. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So that there may be food in my house. You want to know why churches were so shallow and lacked in faith? It's because of this verse in this book right here. When 2020 hit, we seen this come to life. Because there was no meat in God's house. There was no food that's been sustaining God's people. They were so shallow. They lacked in so much faith. They crumbled. Come on. And they went around like sheep. Don their masks. Come on. Just to go out in public. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. What food do we need? We need the word of faith. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out. Come on, man. And when there's none of this being spoken, come on. The word of faith is life to us. He says, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. He's telling, listen, they have gotten, he's fixing to go silent for 450 years. He's fixing to go silent. 
And he's, why? Because they have gotten so far away from walking and following God that they're living under a curse. They're living under curses. And he's going, I, it just test me in this. Just test me in this. That I will not open for you windows of heaven and pour out for you blessings until it overflows. He's saying, I will run you down. The blessings will overtake you. He's telling them exactly what he told them in Deuteronomy 28. He says, then I will rebuke the devourer for you. If they come at you one way, they will flee seven different directions. That's what he's saying. Amen. The devourer. That, it's that little thing that's always there. Come on. That keeps you from resting. That keeps you from entering into the promise. That keeps you from receiving and agreeing with this word. Anything that keeps you from agreeing with God's word, it needs to be rebuked. You need to take every thought captive that exalts itself against the word of God and the knowledge. Come on. He says, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it may not destroy the fruits of the ground that you'll be blessed in the field that you, come on, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts, and all the nations will call you blessed. For you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against thee? You have said, it is in vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we, may, that we have kept his charge and that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the arrogant blessed. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also test God and escape. How many times have we looked and said, well, I don't know, them people, they're so wicked. Why are they so blessed? Because we ain't been living by faith and doing what we're called to do. And we've become arrogant. Well, I tried tithing for about a month. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Well, I tried doing that. I, I did that and it didn't. And you know why? It's because we weren't mixing what we hear and read and coming into an agreement with it. Regardless of what we see, what we hear, how we feel, when we open our coverts, when we... Listen, there's no greater sacrifice of praise is when your icebox is empty. Come on. When you're faithful when it costs you, that's what God's after. Amen. I remember getting home at daylight and dragging them kids out of the sleeper of that Peterbilt and loading them up and driving an hour and a half one way to church. 
over and over and over and over again. Because it was so important for us that we get to the house to receive the word, to be able to agree with it so that we can make it. Listen, without that endurance, without that faithfulness, without that commitment, without that agreement, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here. My children and grandchildren would not be here. Come on, are y'all hearing me? We're living in a day where our kids and our children need to see us in agreement with what this says. That no matter how big a mess we make of our lives, let me tell you something. That's one thing that my kids will tell you. Oh, dad ain't been perfect. And there's plenty of y'all in here that's known me B.C. I have witnesses of how big a turd I was. Come on. But yet God turned this around. God did. Dave didn't. I'd have wrecked this ship. Come on. I would have wrecked this ship. But God, coming into agreement with what His Word says, following after Him, tithing when we didn't have nothing, Come on, there is, now it's just, it's like, man, you don't, you, you can't even, you can't afford not to. Come on, I'm telling you, y'all have heard me tell the stories. We had $20 to our name, broke. Wendy goes, I think I'm supposed to give this $20 away. Well, why prolong the inevitable? What are we going to uh, go? She said, well, I, it's kind of odd. I think there's a little black lady with a hat and a flower. I seen her coming out of Brookshire, brother. I said, well, you... Gets out of the parking lot, walks up to Brookshire Brothers. Here comes a little lady walking out with a hat with a flower on it. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Barred a bull, put a bull on three cows, had a bull calf. For somebody that's going to be in the bull business, that was a pretty good deal. <laughs> Come on. You know what we did with that bull calf? We gave him away. Twenty twenty three. Two year old won the world. Two year old bull won the world. Four year old was reserve world champion. Come on, man. 
We pulled all nighter Friday night. Had bulls in Laredo. Drove all night. He took bulls yesterday to Houston. Come on, man. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That stuff just don't happen. But God. God told Josh, he said, you know, Josh, he said, I've seen you lose and I've seen you win and you're the same. You would think after winning the world, it would just blow their head up. No, you know why? Because there's no void that has to be filled in those two right there. Because God fills their void. Gold buckles won't fill it. No amount of alcohol, no amount of drugs will fill the void. You know what fills the void? Coming into agreement with the Word of God and standing and living it out. That's what fills the void. And that's what the word of faith does. It makes you at rest. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you face, no matter where you're at, you keep bringing it to God and God works it out. He rebukes the devourer on our behalf. Come on. Because the devourer's coming. He's always going to try to keep coming. So don't stand there and go, well, you said the devourer was going to be rebuked. Yeah, I will. You better keep praising. Amen. <laughs> don't go, oh, I've tried it already. Come on, are y'all with me? No, you get more radical in your praise. When the devourer sneaks in, God, it, listen, it's a faith test or an obedience test. That's how we live our life right there. Is this a faith test or is this an obedient test? Either one should start with repentance. <laughs> Come on. Repent and stand there. What's that guy doing in the parking lot? Come on. I'm telling you, we are entering a time of childlike faith. Why is that guy standing over there with his finger in the gas tank hole? <laughs> Come on, I know that guy personally too. He's dead and gone now, but he didn't have any money and he was going somewhere to preach at a rodeo and the Lord said, stick your finger in the gas hole. <laughs> Makes you have said that a little different. <laughs> Come on, y'all hear me? He's arguing with God. He's like, I'm not sticking my finger in there. I'm going to look dumb. God was silent. When God tells you to do something, go on and do it and quit arguing with him. So finally, after he's arguing with himself now, Glenn walks over there. <laughs> I 
I didn't say it. They said it. <laughs> a lady pulls up and goes, hey, you need gas? I'll buy you some gas. Huh? Same guy. Lord, I need $20 to buy Miss Ann this gift for her birthday. He lives in Post, Texas. If you know anything about Post, Texas, is that all you can see is a post. There ain't a tree or nothing. He's walking down the road praying. And he looks across the prairie, and here comes a tumbleweed. And he's praying, Lord, if I just had that $20, I could go buy Miss Ann this present that she's wanting. And about that time, that tumbleweed comes by, and there's $20 rolled up in the tumbleweed. Come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? This same man also had a knife pulled to his throat. And Miss Ann is in the horse trailer. And the Lord wakes her up. And she just begins praying in tongues. She doesn't even know Glenn's outside about to get his throat cut. Come on, are y'all with me? Still standing. Praising, ministering the gospel, the guy ends up getting saved. <laughs> Come on. See, we're going to prove this to be true for us. And if we don't, then we give up all those blessings. Y'all stand with me. I want to read one more thing to you while we're standing. And I want this to sink in. Because some of you are faced this morning with a situation. Circumstances that feel a little bit overwhelming. But I want to remind you the victory that was in the cup. The victory that was in the cup. He just needs you to believe. And in Matthew chapter 8 verse 10 now when Jesus heard this, he marveled. Let me tell you what he heard. He heard a centurion. The centurion's slave was dying. One says it already, he already died. And Jesus said, I'll come to your house. The centurion 
who wasn't even a believer. He said, let me, he said, you, sir, you just, you don't have to come to my house because I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But you just say the word and I know he will be healed because I too am a man of authority and when I say to this one, go, he goes. When I say to this one, come, he comes. It says Jesus marveled because he understood authority. And he came into agreement with the authority. Man, y'all got to get this. When you understand authority and the words that come through that, come on. When you understand the one who says these words, that it is the number one authority and you agree with it, he said, I'll be blessed. He said, I'll be healed in the offspring of my body, in the offspring of my herd. My barns will come on. That he will open the windows of heaven. That he will set things right in my life. When the enemy comes, they'll flee. Come on. Jesus said, look what he said. He marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Because he came into agreement with the authority and mixed it. Come on. He didn't even know, but it equated to faith. Oh, come on, look. And I say to you, that many shall come from east, west, and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. He's saying there's going to be a bunch of pious, rambling people who are holding to a form of godliness who come to recline at the table, and I'm going to tell them, leave. Because you didn't believe. You had an evil, unbelieving heart and you wanted to nitpick and be pious, but you didn't want to believe and stand. And all that nitpicking, pious, worldly, empty chatter, it led to a lot of people falling away. All you wanted to do is argue whether or not healing still work, whether or not tongues still work, whether or not the Holy Spirit even talks to anybody or not. Come on, listen to what they're saying. It doesn't even make sense. Only the enemy wouldn't want you believing the impossible. 
that God still talks to you. That God still wants to move through you. God still wants to step in on the battlefield and stop the sun. God still wants to part the Red Sea. God still wants to shut the mouths of lions. God still wants to walk through fire with you. God wants to prove that the impossible is possible through you. He still wants to do that. Why? Because he's God and he's outside of time, space, and matter. And you want to know why we struggle with insecurity and sin and all of that stuff that weighs us down is because we Childlike faith. Come on. Childlike faith. I love what Jesus tells him. Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. Let it be done to you as you've believed. So, what do you believe? I love how he throws it back into our court. I love how he throws it into our court. What do you believe? Come on, he can restore. He can restore everything back to you that the enemy has been trying to rob from you. Amen. Your peace, your health, your finances. Yeah, but I'm not worthy. No, you ain't worthy. There ain't nobody in here worthy to even benefit from this but God. Amen. And he sent his son that we can be clothed in his righteousness and we can walk this out. You don't have to clean up to get in the shower. You get in. You're here this morning and you need God to restore some things in your life. I don't care what it is. Nothing is impossible. And I'm opening this altar up. You come. Say, God, I need you this morning. Because my situation and my circumstance is too big for me. I can't do this on my own. I need you, God. Come on, I'm going to pray for you. I need you, God. I can't do this on my own. He wants to be your father. He is our father. Listen, and you can talk to him just like he's one, like you're his kid. You don't have to have all the words. Matter of fact, 
Sometimes you need to come to your daddy and just be quiet and listen and be still and know that he's God. And let him love on you. And just let him love on you. And then just, Lord, I'm here to come into agreement with your word. I'm here to come into agreement with what your word says about my life. Who you are. Come on, and then you get in his word and you begin to see who he is so you can understand who you are and how loved you are and what he's done for you. Father, I thank you and I praise you. Lord, you see us right where we are. You see us right where we are. And God, I thank you right now. We come to you and we say thank you. We can't do this on our own. We can't do this on our own. Lord, I thank you that the enemies that came to us is going to flee from us seven different directions. Everything that's trying to rob us of our peace, of our health, of our finances, of our rest. God, I thank you. And this morning, I want to enter your rest. And I will stand and I will believe and I will raise a hallelujah and I'll sing my song until I see my breakthrough. God, I thank you. And I declare this morning, you just say the word and it'll be done. Lord, I come into agreement with your word and that it is done. That it is done. That it is done. Come on, say it with me. It is done. It is done. Come on, heaven, say it with me. It is done. It's done. It's done. Jesus, when he hung on the cross, he said, It's finished. What's finished? Your victory. 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 Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning for the victory in our lives because of what you did. And God, we come into agreement with what you did for us on that cross. That your body was broken and your blood was shed to give us victory. So that we could come into agreement with your word. And by faith this morning. In hope of things that are not seen. We're going to witness and experience. The blessings in our life. And Father, I thank you and I praise you.
In Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree, amen. Amen.